Hello. Uh, welcome. This is Security Observability, Democratizing Security in the Cloud. Uh, if this isn't where you want to be, they have shut the doors. You are now here forever. So you're going to learn something. My name is Chris Murdoch. Uh, I go by Murdoch because you will meet 900 Chris's while you were here. So just remember Murdoch, A-Team, the Gorillas, or Daredevil. Easy way to go. Um, what we're going to talk about today is business risk and security data and tying that to business processes and how you get the buy-in from the company. Um, I'll tell you a little bit about what we're going to do, how to get there, and how to get the information you need uh, to get that buy-in. So, um, Right now, how many of you work for a company that is trying to grow? Great. No, nobody's trying to actively shrink a company? That's good. Um, let's talk about how we can help that um, through the processes and through the security. And throughout this presentation, you're going to hear me refer to business owners or the business. Those are often referred to as your product owners, your product manager, customer success manager, um, and of course, your CEO, COO, the people that really shape the direction of the company. So whenever I say business or business owners, that's kind of what I'm referring to. A little bit about me. Uh, this is my fourth reInvent. Uh, I've been very fortunate. The company I work with, Conga, was a really early adopter. We started in 2010 with uh, some basic EC2 instances, and it stayed that way for quite a few years. Um, since I've come on board, that's expanded a lot, and uh, actually the entire development team and engineering team has grown. Uh, a couple times over since then. And we have about 60 people now working within Amazon, supporting multiple products, multiple production workloads from EC2 to EKS to Lambda and serverless. So a lot of adoption of AWS services. My talk in particular is going to be pretty non-specific. It's a 200 series talk. We don't go into a lot of depth. This is more about best practices and how you get the information that you need. We currently have about 10,000 customers that we support in the US, the EU, and the APAC. So we are regionally based, and we comply, of course, with GDPR and all the other regional laws and information security that you can think of. So let's talk about business risks and how those are defined. Um, we're going to talk about a lot of acronyms, but probably not the ones you're familiar with. So not, not WAF, not SEIM not IDS or SOC2, uh, GDPR, even DevSecOps. Now, is DevSecOps an acronym? I don't really know. You guys can debate amongst yourself and let me know. Um, we're going to talk about KPIs, key performance indicators, and OKRs, objective and key results. These are the things that help the business teams understand what you as a security team or a security team member are doing. And we're going to focus on those things. Now, this is a talk. Um, I want it to be a discussion. If you have questions throughout, feel free to raise a hand, um, ask me a question, interrupt. Uh, I, I want to get those out. Uh, we'll also have some time at the end. We're all in businesses together. Uh, so let's work to improve those businesses for all of us. So th this is some messaging from the FAIR Institute. They did a study in 2017 of risk management maturity, uh, and they did this benchmark survey. And some of the issues that they identified are 
risk to the businesses and security and information availability. So here you can see they're talking about well-informed decision-making is key. With that in mind, a lot of companies struggle with that. Uh, these findings point back to the heart of the problem, and that is that when a company fails to identify and quantify and track the risks and the risk data, then the company may focus on the wrong areas to the detriment of the business as a whole. Um, how many of you, and go and raise your hands for this, believe you've found a major potential risk, you've brought that to somebody's attention, and it's been dismissed, and something else got prioritized over the top despite your best efforts? I imagine that happens, yeah, frequently. It's a challenge. It's something we all deal with. Uh, that disconnect, this is a failure to accurately communicate the true risks associated in a way that a business can understand them and a way that motivates the business to change. So we need to understand how the company defines risk. And there are, there are different types of risk. And that how you define them and how, how the company defines them will inform how you move forward. So uh, cyber criminals are the type of people we don't want to have access to our data. I think we can all agree on that. Um, now, is that because of the risk of information loss? Is it customer uh, reputation damage? Is there intellectual property that is key to how you function and how your business operates? And is it perhaps harm to customer exposure, like customer data exposure, or even just your exposure of your customer list, right? Uh, some of us probably work for companies that are highly secure, and that list of our customers is probably the most sensitive thing we have. And if it were to be exposed, that would be damaging not only to the customers, but to ourselves. So we need to look at those risks and figure out how to get the data to identify and relate those back to the business itself and how the business defines the risks. These risks and their impacts are unique to you and your organization. They're different for all of us. And understanding them is the key to communicating the security information in a way that the business owners understand and can relate to. So we'll talk about human visual processing. Caveat, I am not an expert in any sense of the term. Uh, what I do know is that I've never been asked or told, hey, this chart is great, but I would really like to see the thousand data points in, like, I don't know, Notepad. Like, never happened. So, visuals are key to presenting the information in a way that people who are not experts in the field can understand, right? Humans have developed this great visual processing system to quickly ingest large amounts of data. And that works across diverse backgrounds, right? All of you are looking at this image now, and you probably all very quickly picked out that it's OK to safely cross the street. Despite there being a huge amount of clutter, it's not something you've likely seen before. And it's an environment that you're unfamiliar with. But that key bit of information you quickly picked out. And what you want to try and do is relate that back to the organization and those business owners. So this adaptation that humans have is the key to quickly recognizing patterns and outliers. And this is what you want to leverage. So again, curious for all of you, what, what's the health of the environment that we're looking at? What's this graph represent to you? Uh, really unhealthy. That's 
probably pretty accurate, right? There's no access labels. We don't, we don't know what we're looking at. There's no, there's no time series. There's no information in terms of what we might be measuring. What you have, though, is a chart that goes up and the color changes to red. That's a pretty good indicator that's probably doing something that we don't want it to do. It also levels off nicely at the top there and kind of stays there. So it could be CPU, it could be resource constraint, it could be any number of things. But the key here is without the data labels and without the access information, you're able to quickly understand that this is a bad thing. And that, that's correct, and that's what you're trying to articulate. So our ability to, to consume and understand this visual information is the key to democratizing security information within organizations. So we're going to look at a very specific example, right? You've all probably seen this screen unless you're an Amazon API-only type of person, and I know you're out there. Um, this is the S3 interface for buckets, and Amazon smartly changed it last year, and that change was the visual graphic you see for the public, bu public bucket identification, right? That little orange oval saying public is now very prominent and very easy for you to quickly look at and identify all the buckets that you have in an area or in a region that are public so that you can determine, is this information that should be public? Is this information that we as a business want to be sharing with the world? Because that's what you're doing. It's out there. Um, even if you don't think somebody's checked it, trust me, somebody's checked it. Um, public buckets do not go unnoticed. They are very quickly scraped, and the data within them is often uh, then shortly thereafter posted up on Pastebin or other such sites. So uh, quickly identifying these things is key, and Amazon made this change to help all of us. Now, this is a very small change on their part, right? It's the addition of orange, basically. But in doing that, they enabled thousands of organizations around the world to have better understanding and insight of their public data exposure. That's key. Small changes, little changes, allow quick understanding of security information. So we're going to talk about security observability now and what that actually means. Achieving understanding of cloud security can be a challenge, and it can be difficult. Understanding of the cloud requires going beyond visual, visualization data sets from the environment. Contextualization must be continuous and adaptable. Well, what's that mean? That means that you need to be operating at the speed that your teams operate at. You probably are supporting one or more development teams or security teams, depending on your role. And they're probably iterating very quickly and generating large amounts of data and you need to understand that and you need to get the business to understand that. So you want to look at what information they're providing to you, how you're presenting that to the business, get the feedback from the business, and modify your presentation to make sure that you're generating the results you want. Yeah? Uh, what, what does contextualization mean? In this case, uh, like with the graph, right? 
how does this information relate back to the security of my business? What does this impact? What are the risks that are associated with this particular set of data that is being presented? Um, so you want to say, all right, you know, I can show you that a CPU is pegged and uh, we have a machine that's locked. Well, great. Is there a risk to that? And if so, what is that? And that could be risk of customer loss. It could be risk of uh, customer data getting lost because it can't complete some transaction, or just poor performance and overall experience for a customer. And that could turn a customer away, which is, again, a business risk. When others are looking at data, the need for a reference or guidance can arise. Um, often you will be the expert in the data or in the area that you are, are working in for security or for operations, whatever it may be. You're presenting information to essentially lay people. They likely have a really good understanding of what it is the company does and, and how you operate, but they don't understand the fine details of this information and how it relates to things. So it's important to have a measure to compare things against so that you can provide them with a baseline or some guidance on how to interpret this data. And where you get that information is, is basically your job, is to go in and try and understand, all right, we need to gather information, and I need to present that information with context and with this reference point. So solutions that can provide data that acts as a guidance for comparison to either over time or against a known good state, help those without the background knowledge to gather useful insights from visuals. Two questions to ask are, is the company improving over time? And is the company moving closer to a defined goal or that okay or that key result? So this one, without context, doesn't make a lot of sense. With a little bit of context, with some sky and a change in orientation, suddenly we understand what we're looking at. And that's the key to getting the business to understand what you're trying to present is giving them that context, giving them that guidance, giving them that reference point. So how do you get that data, right? Amazon has hundreds of services. They've just announced 10 or 15 more today. That's a lot to manage. That's a lot for any one person to understand. That's a lot for a team to understand and support. So we want to look at how you can collect this key data that you can then associate with the risks. Amazon is dynamic, right? Everything is auto-scaling. Everything is ideally immutable, so it can come and go as it pleases. Um, and it, it can be very complex. You want to build in a way that the complexity doesn't overwhelm you. But in the end, one of the wonderful things about Amazon is that you can build highly complex solutions to problems. That complexity, though, lends itself to creating problems for you when you're trying to understand everything and trying to get the business owners to understand things. So when you look at things like cloud, like EC2, right? EC2 or on-prem. VM servers, all the way over to EKS and ECS, managed container services, things where 
Amazon is doing a lot of the work for you, but because of that, you don't have a lot of the visibility into the systems, and there's a larger threat surface there. So you can go with, I have a lot of visibility and control. I can manage the infrastructure. I'm doing EC2. Uh, I, I'm doing Elastic Beanstalk, things like that, where I can get into the system, and I can get the information out of them directly. That gets to be complex. On the other side of the spectrum, uh, you, you can go move away from complexity. You let Amazon do what they do best, which is abstract away layers of complexity, get a managed service, but the trade-off there is you lose the visibility and you lose that, some of that key information in a way. You need to get it back and you need to find a way to gather that information. And tools that provide that to you are the things that are going to enable you to move forward and help the business understand. So defining those key performance indicators is the best Great way to start, not the best way. Might not work well for you as an organization, but it works well for most organizations. These KPIs can define any number of things, but what you want to work from is what has the company identified as their major risks? Is it, again, as we refer to, IP theft? Is it data loss? Is it customer exposure? Compliance, right? If you're operating in Europe, you're working against GDPR. Compliance can become a huge risk. The data that you present should align with the representation of a theoretical or actual exposure in each of those key risk areas. So actual exposure is uh, we have customer data in a public bucket. That's a real exposure. Like That's a known quantity. That is bad. Theoretical exposure is what comes out of doing threat modeling and saying, if this were to be compromised, and if that set of data were to be taken or exposed in some way, what would the potential negative outcome for the company be? Only the company itself, the business, and you as the security specialist can define those risks. And so once you understand how the company looks at those risks for these potentials, then you can start to say, OK, well, if those are our defined risks, let's align them with Let's put some numbers to those and make those our key performance indicators. If we're hitting these things, we're performing. If we're not hitting these things, we're underperforming, and we run the risk. When the KPS are tied to a business risk, the overall security posture of the business and the security health trends are clearly visible. They're sociable, meaning they can be shared, and they become trackable. So your security data is now adding value back into the business by helping quantify the business's level of exposure. Now, that's a, that's a lot. Basically, what it is is you are getting data. You are organizing and making sense of that data. You are socializing that data with the people that need to understand this risk, whether they know that or not. And by doing so, you are allowing them to make decisions about how the company operates going forward, which has a direct impact on the success of the business, and therefore your team and your own success. So often in the security industry, it becomes very adversarial, right? Um, I'm sure you've all heard, we're, we're, we're the teams of no. 
The answer to everything is no, you can't do that. No, you can't have that service. No, you can't use that software. We want to move away from that. We want to be enabling the business. You want to enable the business to move at the speed the business wants to move, at the speed the development teams can operate, at the speed that the customers want the business to operate. And you do that by enabling the business owners to make well-informed decisions about the potential outcomes of changes within systems. And that's done by having the information about those systems. Yes? That's that's a really good question. So uh, the question is, if you've established a baseline in this example, a six, right? We're at a six right now. I don't believe a six is good. We should work on that. A year goes by. We're still out of six. There's been no negative outcomes. Now the business is like, oh. Six is just fine. We don't, we don't need to get better. We don't need to get to a zero. Six is good. How, how do you treat that? How do you get the company to buy into just because something bad hasn't happened doesn't mean something bad isn't going to happen. And the answer to that is basically historical. Over the last 20 years, actually more than that now, over the last 30 years, um, there has been a major worldwide security-related incident, be it a worm, be it uh, uh, cryptojacking, or um, encryption, uh, uh, sorry, um, why am I blanking on this? Yes, ransomware, thank you. Um, be it ransomware or you know a data breach every 11 to 12 months. And so you can go back to the business and say, look, We've made it a year like this. The likelihood of us making it another year like this are pretty much zero. Because historically, some major event has happened every 12 months for the last 30 years across the world. And it affects industries. It sometimes kills businesses. Um, you know, you go back and point to Target and their liability for their data exposure. Um, you can go back and look at Experian and their liability for all of our data that got exposed. All of those are opportunities to help you teach the business what the potential negative outcomes are. And say, just because it hasn't happened doesn't mean it won't in the future. It actually means that the likelihood of something happening in the future is much, much greater. Again, if you're tying that into their understanding of what that negative outcome could be, right? So we've been at a six, great. So if we say six is our new baseline and we go up to a 10, what happens if we hit a 10? Well, we, we, we lose 60% of our customers, we have to write off all our revenue, and we have just gone from IPOing next year to not existing. That gets people's attention. And so being able to understand how the company thinks about that data and that potential exposure and then tying it into those negative outcomes helps drive what you need to happen happen within the business. 
All right. So understanding objectives and key results. What I've got up here are some examples. These may work for you. These may not. These may not tie into anything you do at all. But I feel they're pretty standard examples, and I think they probably work for a lot of use cases. They're, they align with company and business goals of lowering risk to customers, right? while demonstrating those actions through a trusted third-party certificate program. These might be key quarterly goals, right? So let's, can, can we get these done this quarter? Can we get these done next quarter? Um, and once you're achieved, they might just drop off and they just get reported on from a, yep, we're still doing that thing, that's fine, and we've, we've identified new KPIs that we want to monitor. They also might be things that take you a year, or two, or three, to get better at. That happens. Change sometimes is slow. So what, let's just kind of walk through this. So your objective, right, you, you want to align that with the business goals. Your key result is defined and measurable. If it's not defined, how do you measure it? And if it doesn't have data behind it, how do you show improvement, right? Saying, we got better at doing X, Y, Z doesn't do anybody any good if you can't demonstrate how you are better at X, Y, and Z. So if we want to look at the first objective, right? We want to lower our risk of data exposure. So the key result, well, let's align with AWS security best practices. They're really good at this. They have thousands of customers. They've kind of figured out the best way to do things. Maybe we should do that too, sorry. So our KPI in that case would be, well, we've, we've got ThreatStack. It's looking at our AWS configs and our result scores for all our organizations, all our accounts is over 95%. That's what we define as we're doing great. We've got an A, maybe an A plus. For us, that's an acceptable risk to have that 5%. We're not always going to get to 100. Don't ever say 100% because you will never achieve it. So that's how we measure that one. The next one, increasing customer trust by adopting industry standard certifications. All right, SOC type 2, pretty standard. Lots of companies want that. Lots of companies get there. What's a component of that? Well, a component of that is having IDS deployed in your infrastructure. Okay, so I'm going to take and we're going to deploy the threat stack agent across our infrastructure. Um, I say 100%. Ideally, it is 100%. Again, you'll never really achieve 100%, but 99.8 should be real close. Uh, if you get to 100%, well done. Tell us all how you did it. And then the last one, and, and this is key. This can this can be a huge challenge. Is uh, reducing instant then time to resolution, right? How long does it take you to go from knowing to solved? So that's improving your mean time to know. And in this case, what we want to do is get our critical incident alert time to under five minutes. So if there's an incident that occurs, if it is a public S3 bucket that gets created, if it is a breach of an EC2 instance, if it's a misconfigured Amazon VPC that has potential to expose data, we want to know in less than five minutes that that has occurred so that we can then get the right people to make the right changes to put it back. Or ideally, you can have it integrated with automation that self-corrects. That's a little more in-depth than we can probably go into right now, but that's an ideal state, right? Amazon has all these wonderful tools. There are all these great vendors out there. Take this information that you're getting, 
shove it into tooling, and let it correct itself. Because then you go from mean time to no to mean time to resolved, and that's better for everybody, and that happens automatically, and you can spend your time building new things instead of monitoring and fixing old things. Yeah? So are you saying that really the, uh, the key result and the objective are the same, it's just the objective is in the context related to the business? Yes. The objective is the business understanding of the result. And that, thank you, that, that is how you get the business buy-in, right? All right, so we've defined our objectives. We defined our performance indicators. How do we let everybody know how we're doing? How do you get this information to the stakeholders? How do you get it to those business owners? And how do you get it to right people that drive these decisions? In this example, I'm going to talk about us specifically, how we at Konga do these things. So we try and make sure that uh, the, the data that we get is open to both our internal auditors and the teams that manage those data services. Um, it's socialized. It's in open chat channels. Um, we're heavy Slack users. Uh, it's great. If you don't use that, that's fine. Do it via email. Do it via weekly report summaries. Whatever works for your organization's communication structure, that's what you want to leverage. And you might drive change in that. If you are generating these reports and they're going into email and people have just filtered them away every week, maybe that's not the best way to communicate this to the right people. So you need to go to those people. Maybe you go to a standout. Maybe you go to the development group. Maybe you just go to the product owners and say, hey, I have some really important information that I think might change how we want to do the next sprint or development cycle. Can we talk about that? What's the best way for me to give this to you? And you'll get some really good feedback. So again, that's really flexible with what works within your organization. Every organization is different. Within that, um, we present and deliver information on the OKRs and KPIs. We do that in monthly plan of record meetings. And we have key stakeholders from across all our business units. So everybody within the company at some level basically has an understanding of how we are doing on security as a whole. And that helps all of us get better at it because we, are, we as security are not the only ones that have to deal with this, right? It is our salespeople when they get a malicious call. It's our front door person when somebody shows up unexpectedly. It is everybody in the organization. So they all need to know how we're doing, right? Are we getting better at things? Are we as an organization doing all right? Did we get an A? Do we have a B? Are we failing? It helps people understand if they have some relative measurement there. And then what we do um, to, to manage this is we leverage AWS organizations. So we have multi-account models, and we support multiple production workloads within those for a number of products. Before we were doing that, it was very difficult to get the data we needed to tell everybody how we were doing. And now that we are doing that, now that we have tens and twenties of, of accounts, it's even harder to gather all that data. If you were to go in and run Trust Advisor in each of your Amazon accounts and then gather that information and put it into a report, you would spend half your week generating a report each week. That's not a good spend of your time. 
So what we did is implement ThreatStack, and we now have this wonderful consolidated view of the current security config of all our Amazon accounts. I get a nice roll-up. I have a dashboard that shows me percentages on a per account basis. I see our overall score, so I know that we're doing it like 96%. I know our development account isn't maybe quite as good as our production account, and we're gonna work on that. But that helps me then go back to the teams and say, hey, devs, you guys are doing great job. We're, we're not where we wanna be, but we're better than we were. Can we help you work on this? Can we help you tighten down that account? Can we just make these changes and here's a list of them. Look, I got this nice report that tells me here are 20 changes to make in this account to improve our security score. I take that report to them and say, help us help you do these things. And then next week I get a report and I say, hey devs, your score came up 2%. That's great. That brought our overall score up by you know 0.3%. We hit our KPI. We're on track. And you guys helped me do that. I appreciate you listening, and I appreciate you taking this information in. It really does help. Um, letter grades seem like a really silly thing, but that, that's how we talk about it, and it helps. Um, if you give somebody a gold star, you'd be surprised what it does for their ego and just their motivation. So, All right, so, so how do you do this, right? How, what's the takeaway? How do you take this back to your organization and actually do something with this information? So you want to build an action plan. And this is one that is a very simple framework, but it's a very powerful one. It will help you get better over time, and it will help you and the business better understand what your risks and your exposures are. So sit down with those business owners it, again, it might be your CEO, it might be your product manager, it might be some other title that I am unfamiliar with. But sit down with those people that drive the company direction and say, okay, what do you see as a risk to the company? Can, can we talk about data exposure? Can we talk about this? Can we talk about this? Let them tell you what they perceive to be the risks and how they rank those things. Right? They have information about what the business wants to achieve that you are likely don't have, and you'll actually probably get a lot of new information out of this. From that, you're gonna develop those OKRs tied to each of these risks, and you'll talk about how we're going to achieve these results and what that result is for each risk thing. Uh, if you remember back on the, the Previous slide, right, we have our business objective and then we have our key result that we want to achieve. Then you gotta figure out how to measure those. What is our KPI for each of those? Uh, it can be something out of CloudWatch metrics. It can be as simple as we got 100 people to go to the security training, you know? We often leverage uh, tools and we use a number of them um, but we have found for us and for our diverse organizational structure and our account layout, ThreatStack provides the information that we need to get this and get those KPIs. So I have measurable, actionable information that I can show these trends on. Get the visuals, right? Like I said, letter grades, A, B, C, D, E, F, 
Uh, trends over time, those are really helpful. The charts are key. Nobody wants to look at numbers. Nobody wants to look at an Excel spreadsheet. Put it in a chart. Make that chart simple and make it quick. Uh, you, you don't want people to have to think and like understand, you know, look at it and go, okay, well, this access label says that this is the number of instances that occurred divided by the number of EC2 instances that we have over a six-month billing period by hour. They're never going to figure that out. You just want to know, we had 100 bad actions happen this week. That's a really good chart. Bad actions over a week. People will get that. You can then expand on what those actions are and what you can do about those. It really helps people understand this stuff. Remember, you are the expert. They're going to look to you to help them understand. They're not going to have the background knowledge, nor are they going to want to develop, likely, the background knowledge to really understand this stuff because it's not their job. It's not their purview. It's not the thing that got them excited and in this business. I'm hoping it's the thing that gets you excited and the reason that you're in this business. And so understanding their motivations and what gets them operating in that work every day, you then talk to those. You get to do your exciting stuff. They get to do their exciting stuff, but you understand each other. Get the data out there. Put it in a Slack channel. Put it in email. Put it in you know, Salesforce. Put it in SharePoint. Whatever works for you. Confluence, whatever. Just get it out there. And then make sure people are looking at it, right? You can't just be like, I published this thing. Thanks, everybody. No, like, talk through it. Sit down with people and get their feedback on it. See if it's providing what they need. And then, basically, uh, the, the socialization, again, that is key. Getting it out there and getting the feedback on it. So that's it. Um, I'm happy to answer any other questions. If you'd like to go deeper on anything, if you have specific questions about how we handle any use cases or anything at all, I'm happy to answer questions. Uh, and thank you. <laughs>